On this week's gaming and entertainment edition of My Take Radio, we're going to talk about the Nintendo Switch's release, a new character for Injustice 2, some additional improvements to WWE 2K17, an update on the PewDiePie situation, and some of the other noteworthy gaming items of the week. On the entertainment side, we're going to talk about Logan. We're also going to talk about uh, the Batman director search is officially over, plus some box office totals and your entertainment news of the week. The gaming and entertainment edition of My Take Radio starts right now. This coverage is live and uncensored, so if you have any small children present, you may want to have them leave the room. What's going on, guys? My Take Radio, episode 399, powered by Rageworks. I'm your host, Rich, and if this is your first time tuning into My Take Radio, first off, I'd like to say thank you for hitting that play or download button. My Take Radio is a variety show covering mixed martial arts, professional wrestling, gaming, and entertainment. We release two shows a week. Uh, the first show is an MMA and wrestling edition focused show. Uh, the second show is the one you're listening to right now, gaming, entertainment, and sometimes a little tech for good measure. Again, thank you guys for hitting that download button. I truly appreciate it. All right, so before we get into this episode's topics, just want a little housekeeping, got to get some housekeeping out of the way. Uh, First and foremost, episode 400 of My Take Radio will be airing live, and well, will be airing and broadcasting live on March 1st, 2017. We're going back to our 11.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time start time, 8.30 p.m. Pacific, and it is going to be an MMA and wrestling edition. We may throw some other stuff in there for good measure. Uh, It's also going to have a very important announcement relating to MTR and Rageworks, so I'm hoping you guys that are downloading the show every week will take a few minutes and tune in uh, this Wednesday at 11.30 p.m. Eastern, 8.30 p.m. Pacific just to find out what's going on with MTR and, of course, to help us mark this momentous occasion of 400 episodes of My Take Radio. Uh, The first episode of My Take Radio aired August 24th, 2006. Uh, Then we started doing shows back in 2009, and here we are on the verge of 400 episodes. I'm eternally grateful, not only to all of you that have downloaded and listened to the show, but those of you that have taken a few minutes and giving given us ratings on iTunes those of us that have believed those of you that have believed in us and have decided to you know work with us in varying capacities whether it's for interviews or content or any of the above we we appreciate each and every one of you and of course me personally I want to just thank all of you that have been with us from the very beginning whether you came in on the ground floor back in 2006 or came in back in 2009, or hell, jumped on board in episode 100, I appreciate each and every one of you. And this has been an amazing ride with 400 episodes, giving you guys, you know, some some laughs, some maybe some tears, but always trying to give you the thing that matters most, and that is uh, 
entertainment, being entertained and, and making you think, uh, making you ask questions and just keeping you informed in a nice, uh, casual, you know, shop talk sort of way and not not something formulated and, and organized and over the top, just something fun, which I've enjoyed doing, like I said, for the last, you know, 11 years. And um, it's it's been a stellar ride. So join us March 1st for MTR number 400. Also wanted to take a moment and let you guys know that we've been putting up a lot of our content from Toy Fair. We covered Toy Fair this past week. Uh, myself and the rest of the RageWorks team, uh, Jimbo Slice from the Variant Issue also uh, joined us. So definitely if you're following us on Instagram, uh, at RageWorks or Jimbo underscore Slice, S-L-Y-I-C-E, you can see some of our coverage from Toy Fair 2017. Uh, we're putting up, we're still putting up pictures. I think I took, I want to say about 950 photos, which was a lot, man. It was, it was definitely a lot of pictures. But damn, was it was it a stellar time as always. I definitely want to thank the organizers as always for extending the invitation to us and allowing us to cover such a stellar event. If you are a collector, whether it's of action figures or pops or statues or Hot Wheels, whatever the case may be, there it was, you know, we want we got something for everyone and we even got some grab bags of stuff from Mattel which we're doing giveaways for um over the next couple of days we did one giveaway already with some halo stuff and i did a quick instagram live video about it but we're going to definitely be doing more giveaways uh, as we march towards episode 400 uh, in addition as always i'd like to invite you guys to check out some of the other shows on the rageworks podcast network including the variant issue hosted by myself and jimbo slice uh talking comics uh, action figures, collectibles, and everything associated with that medium. So new comic book movies, variant issues, statues, pops, regular action figures. It's all there. Plus, you know, we get we give some insight into just our backgrounds in collecting comics and action figures and everything else. So if you guys enjoy what I do on MTR, I think you'll enjoy what I do alongside Jimbo Slice. It's always it's always funny and informative and I really enjoy it. Uh, we release that one bi-weekly every Wednesday, just in time for new comic book day. Also, as always, we got the regular season sports cast with Jay Santee. Uh, he is on the, he just released his 75th episode as always giving you a, a more casual look at the, at the wide world of sports. Uh, sometimes Jay gets into some wrestling, lots of skits, lots of funny stuff. Uh, Mr. Santee has definitely come a long way. 75 episodes in if you're a hardcore sports nut whether it's nba nfl mlb maybe some soccer uh even some mma and wrestling gets thrown in there for good measure definitely check out our boys at trss also black is the new black with ben and taylor uh giving you a different perspective on sports hip-hop and nerd shit which is a crazy combination but it all ties together in some capacity whether it's a brand new mixtape dropped by an independent artist to what went on during the NBA All-Star Game to the latest, uh, you know, anime that Ben or Taylor checked out. That's the kind of stuff you can expect to hear on Black is the New Black. And um, rounding us out, our very own Josie's Boy, our in-house artist, uh, host Call Me When It's Over. Uh, definitely not your average show on the Rageworks Network. Uh, this one is is life love and art 
in a very, very unique way. Josie's boy knows how to really wield the microphone as a paintbrush to give you guys a different perspective on all of these mediums and, and even the stuff that relates to the art form, whether it's the music, uh, living in New York or life in general. Josie's boy knows how to really paint an amazing picture with the sound of his voice on a microphone. So definitely check out Call Me When It's Over. It's fun. Uh, TRSS's Jay Santi handles production duties there, and they, it's it's definitely unique. And he's on the verge of 50 episodes, so show Josie's boy some love if you can. I know he would really, really appreciate it. All right, I think that's going to wrap up the housekeeping. Let us jump into this week's gaming news. Let's get to it. All right, let's start with the big one, the elephant in the room, and that is the Nintendo Switch, which is scheduled to hit store shelves this coming Friday, March 3rd. If you haven't pre-ordered your system yet, I wish you luck because most of the pre-orders from most retailers are sold out, but there are quite a few retailers that are doing midnight releases, so you may be able to walk into a store and pick one up. Definitely check your local GameStop, Best Buy, or Target. I know Best Buy, a couple of Best Buy locations are doing midnight releases, but I also know that a lot more GameStops will be doing midnight releases. Mostly, I know they're going to try and push the people that picked up pre-orders, but maybe you might get lucky and be able to grab a console for yourself. If you are a New York City resident, of course, you can head to the Nintendo store uh, over there on 50th by Rockefeller Center and try your luck there as well. Um, the big thing, of course, one of the things I've seen with the Nintendo Switch, a lot. some people have received it early. I know websites like IGN, Polygon, and a couple of others also had a chance to get their hands on the system, and it definitely looks interesting uh, seeing it up close and personal. Yes, we can see test footage till our eyes bleed, but seeing it uh, in the hands of just real individuals that, that I know, whether it's people that run YouTube channels or people that... Uh, our brands that I support. It, it's just a different perspective. And I'm really, really, really excited at what Nintendo is bringing to the table. Um, the game itself is going to have nine, nine games at launch. Uh, the system is going to have a 299 MSRP. Uh, right now, there was, um, you know, there is the, the hope of the virtual console being part of the system, but unfortunately that will not be available upon launch. So if you're looking to play some of those classics via the emulation that the system does, unfortunately you will not be able to do that. Uh, Nintendo said in the press release that virtual console games will not be available at launch. We will share more information in the future. Um, there are going to be some features which are going to be enabled via a day one update, but as of right now, there no, is no date for the virtual consoles availability. Now, in terms of games that you can expect one to switch fast RMX, just dance 2017 human resource machine. I am Setsuna little inferno shovel Knight, skylanders imaginators snipper clips super bomberman r and the legend of zelda breath of the wild along with world of goo are the titles that will be launching for the system the legend of zelda breath of wild of course will also be released for the wii u on the same day it is the last game for the wii u console so if by any chance you happen to miss out getting yourself a switch to play the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, you can pick it up for your Wii U if you have it. So 
March 3rd is going to be a very, very interesting day, and I'm going to be monitoring it very closely because I know a lot of people were excited about that system. In addition to that, March also has a couple of other dope games on deck. Uh, Near Near or Nier Automata, which I got to play the demo for the PlayStation 4, was really, really dope. Uh, the demo was fantastic, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. So that's going to be a game I'm going to be checking out. That comes out March 7th. Also, Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon Wildlands will be coming out for PS4, Windows PC, and Xbox One. And I've heard good things. I know that some people were actually participating in the in the demo and the beta for the game, and it looks ridiculous. Um, also, March is going to see the release of Mass Effect Andromeda, which is coming out on PS4, Windows PC, and Xbox One. Definitely mark that one down. If you're a 3DS gamer, we're going to get some Mario Sports, courtesy of Mario Sports Superstars. You're going to be able to play baseball, golf, horse racing, soccer, and tennis. Um, Originally, it was showcased at Nintendo Direct last fall, but they were adding some new stuff. The horse racing is going to be the first time. It's going to be something that's shown for the first time in the Mario universe. They're also going to be releasing Amiibo cards based on the game, and it's going to be part of the the collectible trading cards based on that particular title. Uh, March 28th, Dark Souls 3 The Ringed City will be available on PlayStation 4, PC, and Xbox One. That will be the DLC, which is going to introduce new characters to the game. Uh, So if you are a Dark Souls 3 fan, you're going to be able to get your hands on that on March 28th. Also, Kingdom Hearts HD 1.5 and 2.5 Remix will be dropping on the PlayStation 4. This is in celebration of Kingdom Hearts 15th anniversary, and um, it's going to be a collection with six remastered titles for the PS4, which are going to be upgraded. Uh, The final mixes of these games, plus three more games, being rechain of memories three and three and three hundred and fifty eight slash two days and recoded will all be part of the playstation 4 set now for those of you that are hardcore baseball fans mlb the show 17 will be released on the playstation 4 on march 28th as well just in time for the start of the baseball season um those those are some of the titles that are on my radar for march Of course, not counting all the stuff for the Switch, but definitely something to look forward to. Now, in addition to that, WWE 2K17 um, saw an update recently as well, you know, while we were talking about Dark Souls that I wanted to mention to you. The uh, 2K17 Hall of Fame showcase is available on the PS4, PS3, Xbox One, and 360 for $9.99, and it is also part of the the season pass. I did want to mention this because it actually had some really dope matches um, Cactus Jack and DDP versus the Freebirds from WCW Saturday Night 1992. Also, the uh, the Freebirds versus the Von Erics from WCCW 1986. Uh, Ivory versus Jacqueline from SmackDown, which is which is dope. Uh, Sting versus Ric Flair from Clash of Champions. Also, uh, that that gives you the Sting with the golden black tights. Uh, they're also doing a NWO Wolfpack Sting taking on Bret Hart from WCW Halloween Havoc from 1998. Also, Papa Shango versus The Godfather, which is billed as a dream match. And um, the last one, The Big Boss Man with Albert versus The Big Show from Armageddon 1999. Now, if you are a PC gamer, you're not going to get access to that P- to that Hall of Fame showcase just yet. But you will probably be seeing it in the near future. So definitely be on the lookout for that 
if you are a WWE 2K17 fan and you want to get a little bit more gameplay out of that title. Now, for me personally, I've been playing it on and off. Uh, the Hall of Fame stuff has been good. Am I am I going to run out and spend the nine ninety nine? Not really. I mean, you know, the season pass. That's one thing I've noticed. If you're if you're going to hold on to the game for the long haul, I recommend you waiting because sometimes the season pass sees a tremendously large price drop for the holidays and. Um, you know, it might be a good way to get yourself a deal at that time. But if you want to get it right away, $9.99 is what you'll be spending. And again, it will be available for WWE 2K17 on the PS4, PS3, Xbox One, and Xbox 360. While we are on the subject of Xbox, Xbox is really going out of their way to push the Beam broadcasting app, which is now available on Windows, on Windows 10 and Xbox Live. And basically... Beam is another is the Microsoft and Microsoft's answer to Twitch, which will allow you to broadcast streams and watch other streams, chat with players, etc. Much like much like you've seen with Twitch, um, Beam will be doing the same thing. And it's scheduled to launch later on this spring. Uh, and right now, I believe it's available to Xbox Insider members. I haven't updated my console recently, so I'm curious to see if it's there. But I kind of played around with Beam when it was announced. And again, it looks like another another great you know, another great service that you can use to stream games. Most people now that I'm aware of are either streaming games directly to beam or they're streaming them to uh, YouTube. And now I've noticed a bigger, a bigger portion of my friends list actually streaming games live to Facebook, which is pretty dope. Um, You know, it's one of those things where if that's something you want to do, you have a couple of different outlets to do so. As always, you got to respect the terms of service for each for each provider and make sure that you're not violating anything just because, you know, like anything else, every every service has their own rules. I think Beam is going to probably slowly but surely become the de facto streaming service that Microsoft is going to push, especially from within the confines of its own console. I know a lot of you guys are Twitch diehards and you use the service, but I feel that Microsoft is not going to be uh, promoting Twitch as a, you know an option on consoles for much longer. I don't think they're going to remove it, but I think that they're going to be more aggressive in trying to get people registered on Beam. So if you haven't checked it out, do so. See if it's something that you're interested in using. Like I said, I played around with it. I thought it was solid. Is it something I see myself using? I'm still trying to get a consistent schedule for Twitch, so we'll see what happens. I do have to say I enjoy streaming to Facebook Live because it's instant. It gives everybody access to what you're playing, and it gives you just that instant gratification of being able to interact with your friends list. Now, for me, I also like the fact that I can stream directly to my brand page, and there's other services that can do that. So if you're interested in streaming to a Facebook brand page and you want a little help, drop me a line, rich at rageworks.net, and I'll try and point you in the right direction for your outlet. Uh, we got a brand new Injustice update that I wanted to mention to you. For those of you looking forward to Injustice 2, we already know that we're getting, uh, you know, Atrocities, Gorilla Grodd, Deadshot, Supergirl, Superman, Aquaman, um, Poison Ivy, which I talked about, Catwoman, uh, a lot of, a lot of the usual, a lot of the usual suspects, plus some new faces, but we're also going to see the uh, a team of a former Teen Titans now Justice League member, and of course, I'm not shocked he's going to be in the game because of the film. And that is Cyborg. Cyborg is going to be um, 
a part of this brand new roster when the game hits stores on May 16th. I got I got to tell you guys right off the bat if if the character is going to show up in the DC Cinematic Universe, you should pretty much expect to see them in the game. So I you know, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, some sort of Green Lantern I knew was a given. And considering that Cyborg is in the film, I would have really not expected anything less. I do like that they're using, you know, some of the other characters, Atrocitus, Gorilla Grodd, and Deadshot as just some new characters that are being thrown in the mix. I really do like that because the DC Universe has such a wide array of characters at their disposal that it's very easy to take half of Batman's rogues gallery and maybe half of Superman's and et cetera, et cetera. I mean, for the most part, Injustice felt like they 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 really dug into batman's catalog more than anything you had catwoman the joker harley solomon grundy um deathstroke to a degree uh the you, you know you had pretty much most of his rogue gallery and then you know you had aries for wonder woman uh killer frost for for the flash and um you know you had sinestro but the bulk of them were were definitely guys that were more from batman's wheelhouse uh, I like I said for Superman, I'd like to see somebody like Bizarro, and 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 not just a palette swap, but I mean like a full on version of of Bizarro, Lex Luthor, of course, is to be expected. Maybe somebody like Doomsday, which was used already. Cyborg Superman is another good one. Um, Mongol from War World, I'm a big fan of. Darkseid, we know, is a given. But that's what I mean. Like digging DC's catalog is so deep. Uh, maybe Maxima would be a good one she was she was a villain of superman and a and a part-time love interest not reciprocated by superman but definitely somebody who who caused a lot of headaches for superman you could do silver banshee um you know there's a there's a list of them on the supergirl tv show it was funny they introduced um mr mr mitzel and i and and i've been pronouncing his name as mr mitzel plick for years that's not the way it's pronounced, and I'm not even going to try to do it, but that's a good character that you can have a lot of fun with, you know, those reality warping powers that he has. You could do some really dope stuff with it, with that character, and I and I personally would love to see it. Uh, Metallo is a good one, uh, since he showed up on the Supergirl series recently. Uh, obviously, Green Arrow, Deathstroke, you know, Green Arrow has his fair share of villains you could use. You could do Red Arrow or Arsenal as another character. Again, not a palette swap red hood is a good one you know i like that they put robin in this game so there's definitely a a wealth of characters you could rock with but i do like you know seeing cyborg in there wasn't a shocker to me but i definitely like seeing uh atrocitus and gorilla grod in there because grod in particular looks like a fun character to use and you know a lot of those characters bane solomon grundy those bigger characters they're always a bit of a challenge to learn but they're definitely fun to see in progress so again cyborg is the latest character joining injustice 2 the game is scheduled to hit shelves on may 16th if you're a fighting game fan Skullgirls is coming to ios and android as many of you know uh skull girls was a game that was very well received for the most part by the fighting game community and um it was originally teased last last july but they're releasing a free-to-play version to arrive later on this year uh it's estimated for spring 2017 and you'll be able to actually enjoy the game on both ios and android devices uh the game's being developed by hidden variable studios who did the uh the puzzle game threes 
which I still find myself occasionally playing when I'm in the bathroom. Uh, of course, it's going to be a, a, a scaled down experience from the console version, but it's still going to have a lot of the elements that made Skullgirl, uh, Skullgirls a beloved game by a lot of fighting game fans. Obviously, you're still going to have uh, the leveling systems. You're going to be able to do deck building mechanics and et cetera, et cetera. They're, they're going to add some some interesting stuff to the gameplay to make it enjoyable. But it's also nice to see a game of this magnitude make its way to mobile. I think the mobile space is is still undiscovered country for the most part. And it's good to see, uh, you know, uh, other companies venturing into that particular space. Now, I did want to give you guys an update on the PewDiePie controversy. As many of you know, you know, the PewDiePie situation really escalated over the last couple of weeks. Uh, as many of you know, from last week's show, I gave my take on the matter with uh, PewDiePie essentially getting in trouble for releasing anti-Semitic videos. Now, the videos were for the sake of satire and comedic intent as per PewDiePie. But for the most part, many people viewed the videos as anti-Semitic. And on top of that, um, you know, and white supremacist groups were actually flocking to the videos because they felt that they had a quote unquote kindred spirit in their midst. Now, the interesting thing is, you know, YouTube for the most part did what they had to do. They had to separate themselves from PewDiePie. Uh, a lot of companies obviously stopped or, or not only limited their relationships, but some companies also severed their relationships. Now, the interesting thing is, you know, a lot of a lot of the uh, PewDiePie's fellow YouTubers rallied around him to defend him against unfair attacks by mainstream media. And um, it's interesting because out of that out of that firestorm, a lot of high profile YouTubers are actually getting flack for not being as aggressive in their defense of, of the embattled YouTube star. And they've actually received uh, some backlash in a piece that Kotaku put out. They were saying that YouTuber uh, Jack septic. I um, put out a video talking about the controversy and he critiqued a lot of the, a lot of the stuff that PewDiePie did. He said, and I quote, what Felix did was very stupid. I think it was a very moronic thing to do, whether it was in context or not. Uh, Jack Skeptic I went, uh, went along and added that arguing that it's very easy to lose control of how people interpret ironic jokes. And, you know, the thing is, he, you know, uh, Jack Skeptic I or Skeptic Ye, I've probably bludgeoned this poor guy's name, said that he understands what PewDiePie was trying, was trying to do and make a point, but said that the video did not make the intention clear. Uh, he added that the point was further muddled by the shock value of the joke. He said, um, you know, just because that he thinks a joke is in poor taste doesn't mean he thinks PewDiePie is actually a bad person. He went on to add, I've known Felix very well in my personal life. We're pretty good friends. And I know for a fact he's not a Nazi. I know for a fact that he's not an anti-Semitic person. This doesn't excuse what he did. But Felix himself as an actual person is decent. Uh, he went on to add that I can still be friends with someone and not agree with some of their act, the actions that they do. Um, you know, the video had, you know, a bunch of likes and, and there was definitely a fair amount of dislikes, um, which many people found to be unusual. I mean, Kotaku went as far as saying that, uh, the video at the time of the, of the article had 227,115 likes and 62,199. Um, people are largely conflicted about the video being a backstab against a friend 
Um, and pe- some people were going as far as saying that they were quote unquote disgusted. Um, I, for me, I gotta say as a, as a content creator, it's, it's interesting because I see, I see both sides of the coin and I talked about this a lot last week and I'm not going to beat it up, but Casey Neistat, who's, uh, probably one of the most famous, uh, vloggers, uh, or YouTube personalities, Casey Neistat, uh, if you've never watched his videos, I've watched his content, not only because it's an interesting glimpse into someone's life, but as someone who's a content creator, I'm always looking to learn and implement certain techniques and, Casey has done an amazing job and just being very transparent, talking about his equipment, introducing different things. And I think it's it works. Uh, But, you know, Casey actually talked about it and he defended PewDiePie as a person. But he argued that as YouTube's most visible creator, he has a responsibility to be a good ambassador. And that's exactly what I was saying. When you're when you're a content creator, whether it's a vlogger, a podcaster or even a guy that shares gameplay, the words and and messages that you share with the with your with your viewing audience or listening audience they're they're a reflection on you but they're also a reflection of the company that chooses to associate with you and in PewDiePie's case you know you did it was it right was it wrong like i said i felt that it was poor judgment on his part because he should have known that there was going to be backlash but i also feel that as somebody who's you know making money from a company they're holding you to a particular standard. And me personally, as a content creator, I understand the need to, to spice things up and do and make jokes and do things to get people thinking and talking. I get it. But you also have to weigh those options out and one and ask yourself, are they going to be detrimental to my brand? And that's something that both Casey and Jack Septic I both elaborated on. They both acknowledge that PewDiePie is probably not anti-Semitic, not a Nazi, you know, just not a bad guy, but he just made a bad choice. And that, that goes back to what I said last week about it. But I feel that a lot of people are also looking at it as betrayal. People wanted to, I guess they wanted a massive uprising and, um, you know, they wanted everybody to just rally the rally, the troops and, and co-sign this, this poor, this poorly executed behavior and um, here's the thing, like I said, as a content creator, you you have to ask yourself, will this damage my brand? Will this damage my perception to, you know, the perception that I'm that I'm putting out there of myself to my audience? And if they do damage it, then you have to consciously know what may come of these bad decisions. And the thing is that, you know, people people understand that even though the content you create is yours you're using a platform that is not yours to distribute it. And and this is how it goes. If PewDiePie ran his own channel through his own service, or he released the videos independently on his blog with, with, with whatever, whether they were hosted videos, whatever the case may be, if he owned and operated and controlled the distribution of his message, then it's a different ball game. But again, you're putting your content on someone else's service. And this goes back to something I've said all the time, which is that we we use Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all this stuff, and it's great and their services. But at the end of the day, the services are successful because we use them and we believe in them enough to put our content on there for people to access. And in PewDiePie's case, he, he he's made a substantial living off of this service 
and has become quite profitable because of the content he creates. And that content has never been something that was quote unquote thought provoking or crazy like the like the Nazi or anti-Semitic videos. They weren't, you know, the guy plays video games. He has fun doing it and he makes it interesting and entertaining for the people that watch. You know, if you want to watch something that's going to make you think or like I've said, you know, something that's going to that's going to cause a little controversy. You know, you're watching Bill Maher or Last Week Tonight or The Young Turks or Alex Jones or whatever, whatever you choose to get your fill of controversy. That's where you gravitate towards that. You're not going to watch a, a YouTube channel or, or you're going to listen to a podcast for that if that's not what that person does. You're not tuning into my take radio to hear me wax poetic about cooking tips or you know, what type of lotion I use or whether I exfoliate you. That's not what you're here for. You're here for my take on MMA or wrestling, or in this case, gaming entertainment or tech for that matter. And that's it. There's no, there's, there's nothing else that you're tuning in for. And yes, I'm a big part of that. And maybe I'm the reason that you choose to do it, or maybe you just like the content. But at the end of the day, I I have a responsibility to you, my audience to give you guys fun and engaging content that will help you just disconnect, but also give you a little bit of information and maybe some laughs. And I think that in the case of, of this situation for people to be attacking other YouTubers for, for not defending or diving into the quote unquote fire for PewDiePie, you got to understand that as a business, your number one priority is your business, not someone else's. Yes, you want to show support and solidarity. You can do that, but you also got to be true to yourself and not sabotage, you, you know, risk sabotaging your own business just because you 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 agree or disagree. Yes, you you make that decision on your own and you know the ramifications, but at the end of the day, you know, there's no harm in saying, hey, the videos were weren't really the best things to do doesn't mean that PewDiePie is bad or anything. On the contrary, he's a nice guy, which is exactly the videos that I would expect to see. It, you know, it's troubling when people are like, oh, you know, his friend backstabbed him, you know, did a backstabbing maneuver. Why? On the contrary, I would prefer that my friends are honest with me if I do something they don't agree with. And again, there's I don't see that as being malicious. I see that as being a true friend, like a true friend will say, hey, you're being an asshole. You know, and, and even if they co-sign to it, I would expect them to say, hey, I co-signed to that because you were in a different headspace or you needed the help. But really, that wasn't the right thing to do. And that's 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 just friendship. The problem is that people look at this and they just see it as the means to an end, meaning that, oh, you know, all the YouTubers got to stick together. And it's like, yeah, they have to stick together to a point. But I can't in good faith go and just defend a guy, you know, blindly without looking at the fact that he fucked himself, which he did. So, you know, it seems that the backlash has been pretty big of people giving giving him a lot of shit and giving fellow YouTubers a lot of shit, whether it's, you know, the usual guys or Casey Neistat. At the end of the day, you know, form your own opinions, but definitely don't don't follow everyone else in believing that what he did was 100% clean and right. It was, you know, it was, it was what it was, but for the most part, it was a big fuck up clear as day. It's that simple. So wanted to give you guys that update and keep you guys up to, up to date with that stuff. Also did want to update you on the games that are on deck 
for Xbox Live's Games with Gold, which uh, will begin dropping on March 1st. Uh, if you are an Xbox One gamer, you will be able to get Layers of Fear, which will be available from March 1st through the 31st. Evolve Ultimate Edition will be available from March 16th through April 15th. Borderlands 2, if you missed out on that, will be available March 1st through the 15th on Xbox 360 and Xbox One. And Heavy Weapon will be available on on Xbox 360, but also on Xbox One via backwards compatibility. So definitely a lot of really good stuff there. Uh, Number one for me personally, Evolve Ultimate Edition, which... um, kind of went under the radar for me and also borderlands uh borderlands 2 just because it's a game that i i had the first one on a back burner and i should play it maybe i'll do that before it comes out but in any case you know you get the games for free courtesy of xbox lives games with gold program so there you have it guys all right so that bit of gaming news is a perfect way to close out our gaming segment for this week once again um i would have got my playstation plus titles for march but i haven't received anything yet hopefully uh by the time we do episode 400 i will have the playstation plus titles but again on the xbox one and xbox 360 side you got four games to choose from all right guys we are going to switch gears now and jump into this week's entertainment news let's get to it was another banner weekend at the box office for the lego batman film which earned another 34.2 million dollars bringing its grand total thus far to 98.8 million dollars it was followed by 50 shades darker than the great wall john wick chapter 2 and fist fight which came in at a a paltry 12 million dollars uh it definitely was a solid box office weekend i wanted to try and get out to see the great wall I've heard mixed reviews. Some people just said that it really wasn't good. Um, but the Lego Batman movie is another film. I was, I'm a little apprehensive to go see it, even though I've heard nothing but positive things. Cause I heard positive things about the Lego movie and then I watched it. And while it was good, it really wasn't something I thoroughly, thoroughly saw myself, uh, watching on a consistent basis. We'll see what happens. My, my stance may soften a bit, but the Lego Batman movie definitely holds it down for this box office weekend. But I guarantee you that the stay at the top will be short lived as Logan hits theaters this coming Friday. In some other record breaking numbers, the walking dead, uh, the walking dead has had some substantially amazing numbers, uh, thus far with every season premiere and the mid season premiere for season seven was no exception bringing in 15.9 million viewers with 9.9 million in the in the 18 to net to 49 demographic and then another additional 10 million in the 25 to 54 demo uh the viewership was up from up five percent from december uh with an increase in the 18 to 49 demo as well as the 25 to 54 demo the crazy thing is that even the talking dead series has been doing very well you know, as, as well as can be expected. The walking dead has really been a home run. And I've actually thought that the, 
that the second part of this season has been interesting to say the least as as someone who's read the books on and off you know in preparation for the show and watching the show itself i feel that the walking dead definitely has a lot to bring to the table but i can understand why there's going to be instances where there's going to be a lot more plot development and a lot less zombie guts i i definitely do understand it in some more other horror news we know that the conjuring has been incredibly successful including its uh sequel uh the conjuring 2 and its spin-off annabelle well it looks like we're not going to end there as we're also going to see uh, a film based on the nun which was the character introduced in the conjuring 2 and that's actually scheduled to hit theaters july 13th 2018 so you know it's it's going to follow that character that appeared in the second conjuring film and give some backstory for that character much like they did with annabelle so i'm interested in seeing what they do with that the nun in the conjuring 2 was really fucking creepy so um i definitely i definitely think that it's going to be uh something to keep an eye on i i've really been impressed i'll be honest with the conjuring films even with annabelle because it's a throwback to when horror movies genuinely made you jump out of your seat and had really cool moments and these films continue to follow that that trend i'm hoping that the nun continues that but we'll see what happens again the uh the spinoff the nun for the conjuring is scheduled to hit theaters july 13th 2018 the Wall Street Journal of all places broke a story that Universal Pictures and Walt Disney are looking to collaborate on the sequel to Unbreakable. Uh, Unbreakable was the quote-unquote superhero film, and I say that in quotes uh, from M. Night Shyamalan, and I thought that it was... Um, Unbreakable is definitely one of my favorite movies. When it comes to like non-Marvel and non-DC superhero-style films, I definitely want to put Chronicle and Unbreakable as two of my favorites for different reasons. And I'm really hoping that they do move forward with that because I thought that there was so much more that could be done with that series and the characters that were involved. So really excited for that. Um, once we get some additional information with regards to the sequel, you guys will be able to get that information on RageWorks.net. Uh, I did want to share something relating to how it ties into some other stuff that M. Night is working on, but I didn't want to do it because it would spoil uh, certain certain plot points that are going on in certain films that are in theaters now while we are on the subject of sequels this shouldn't be a shocker but the purge is getting a fourth sequel also slated for release in 2018 uh, the purge films have been very cheap and it's very easy to put them out there because the concept is pretty sound and you use a pretty a pretty uh, a relatively unknown cast for the most part uh, right now, it's unknown if Frank Grillo, who has became a, a standalone character in the films, is going to be returning or if any of the cast members from the other installments will be returning for this uh, for this fourth film. Uh, the Purge movies are weird, man, because I don't love them completely, but I don't hate them. They're fun. They're mindless. I definitely thought the first film was really fucking crazy. And then the second one was was all right. It was a different take on it, which was cool. The third one was bonkers, and it really tied into some of the stuff that we're see we've seen play out in the election. Obviously, not so extreme and far fetched, but there definitely were elements there to be aware of. That's for sure. In some lighter fare, I'm actually excited about 
uh, the the casting that was announced for the live action uh, Lion King film. Uh, John Favreau, who many of you know, was involved with the Jungle Book, uh, revealed uh, that James Earl Jones is actually going to return to voice Mufasa in the live action version of the Lion King, which I think is fucking stellar. Uh, also, Donald Glover is going to be doing the voice of the uh, the doing the uh, uh, voice for the adult Simba which is going to be tremendous. I like Donald Glover. I think he's a, he's a, he's an amazing and incredibly underrated talent and um, looking forward to seeing what they do with the live action lion King, considering that Favreau crushed it with his live action interpretation of the jungle book. Uh, So I'm really looking forward to seeing that. I'm a huge, 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 huge lion King fan. Uh, One of those films that I've owned in every incarnation. And I'm really excited to see uh, what they're going to be doing with that. So once again, once we get additional news, we will definitely be uh, sharing that with you guys. Now, the next bit of news may be considered spoilerish. So if you don't want any spoilers, please fast forward in three, two, one. We warned you. Uh, Sci-Fi is reporting that there may be a teaser for Godzilla King of Monsters attached to King Kong Skull Island. Uh, the, the website is speculating that the scene will come after the credits. And according to the information that they put out, they said that it's going to confirm whether on screen or in some capacity that Mothra, Rodan and King Ghidorah will appear in some form in the upcoming sequel. Uh, Sci-Fi Japan has a full credit, uh, full credits list for the film, and at the end of the credits, it says Godzilla, King Ghidorah, Mothra, and Rodan created and owned by Toho. Now, Warner Brothers and Legendary have to give credit to Toho when referencing or using their monsters in any capacity. So, if these monsters are either seen or referenced outright in the trailer, they have to be referenced. So, definitely, if you are looking forward to uh, seeing Kong Skull Island and you are a Kaiju Godzilla fan like yours truly, definitely stick around after the credits to keep an eye on that, which I think is going to be pretty awesome. On the Marvel side of things, we got two casting updates. Uh, Ewan Rion, who played Ramsey Bolton in Game of Thrones, is actually going to be cast in Marvel's Inhumans. He is going to be playing the character of Maximus, who is the brother of uh, you know, who is the brother of Black Bolt. And um, the crazy thing is that it is really some good casting. If you look at uh, Ewan Rion, he looks exactly like Maximus, which is crazy. Really, really good job. Um, it really was some great casting. A lot of a lot of books refer to him as Maximus the Mad. So um, it, it's particularly fitting that he's playing the guy who played insane Ramsey Bolton will be playing the insane brother of Black Bolt. So definitely keep an eye on Inhumans. Uh, It's scheduled for an IMAX release in two weeks in September, and then we'll be releasing in full this fall. So looking forward to that. I think that's really some stellar, stellar casting. On the X-Men side of things, we've talked about that brand new X-Men series that they're working on, and we actually have uh, our second casting announcement. Jamie Chung will be playing... Uh, Clarice Fong, who, if you're a comic book fan, you'll know, uh, particularly from X-Men, you'll know that Clarice Fong is Blink. So, um, you know, uh, Jamie Chung joins Blair Redford, who will be playing a Native American leader 
of an underground network of mutants. Uh, Matt Nix, who many of you know from Burn Notice, is writing the pilot. Last time uh, any of us saw Jamie Chung, she was both on Gotham and on Once Upon a Time. So definitely going to be looking forward to that. This is not the first time we've seen the character of Blink as she was played by Fan Bing Bing in X-Men Days of Future Past. So uh, if you're a, if you're a fan of the Blink character and you're looking forward to the X-Men TV series, then that's that's uh, that's some casting that you'll definitely uh, want to see in action. I'm looking forward to it. Like I said, I've been watching Legion. Um, it's a weird show. I'm curious to see what they do with an overall uh, X-Men series without any of the core characters, you know, like Wolverine or Cyclops or any of them. I'm sure that you can do something, but I'm watching this with very, 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 very close interest. That's for sure. So last week I was talking about Matt Reeves directing Batman and I was excited about it. And all of a sudden they said, oh, Matt Reeves is not going to be directing Batman. I was like, fuck, I'm going to have to come on air and tell you guys that Matt Reeves dropped out, blah, 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 blah. Well, it seems that. Matt Reeves is back on board and will be directing and producing the Batman. Uh, Toby Emmerich, president and chief content officer for Warner Brothers, issued the statement uh, saying that Matt Reeves will be taking the helm of the Batman. Uh, Many people were concerned because they thought that, you know, Matt Reeves coming in might cause some friction with Ben Affleck. And then there was an announcement that we're going to be getting a Nightwing movie. Uh, Chris McKay, who did the Lego Batman movie, is going to direct a live action uh, version of Nightwing for the DC Extended Universe. So everybody was like, holy shit, you know, if Ben Affleck is dropping out of Batman and they're doing Nightwing, you know, maybe Nightwing is going to be the movie and the Batman is going to be shelved. But as it turns out, Ben Affleck, uh, you know, he put out a tweet saying he's cool with, I guess he's cool with it, you know, welcoming Matt Reeves to the director's chair. So what this means is that now we have the Batman, excuse me, the Batman movie back on track. And we are going to be getting a Nightwing film as well. If you're not familiar with Nightwing, Nightwing is the persona that Dick Grayson adopted after hanging up uh, the Robin costume and wanting to go on his own um, from being Batman sidekick for so many years. Nightwing is a staple in the Bat family, mostly in Gotham, but then went to Bloodhaven. And um, in the New 52, if you read that, Nightwing was actually... Uh, based in Chicago. No release date for the Nightwing movie, and the Batman movie is back on schedule. In some other DC news, it looks like CW is going to take the Vixen animated series from CW Seed, and it's actually going to put that together into a DVD and Blu-ray to be released May 8th. Both, um, well, May 8th for Digital HD, excuse me, and DVD and Blu-ray on May 23rd. Uh, This is going to capture the two seasons from the CW seed and turn that into a single story with 15 minutes of additional new content. I'm actually excited for that. Um, A lot of the characters that you've seen on the CW shows will be voicing their animated counterparts, including Stephen Amell, Grant Gustin, uh, Emily Bett Rickards, uh, Carlos Valdez, Katie Cassidy, etc. will all be there uh, reprising all their roles from Arrow, Flash, and DC's Legends of Tomorrow. I'm actually really excited for that because, you know, Constantine is going to be on CW seat as well. And if we if we're going to get a digital and DVD and Blu-ray release for Vixen, then we may also be getting something for Constantine as well. Let's cross our fingers. 
another another dc stable uh, another dc character is looking to make their mark on the cw and that is the character of black lightning which i talked about a few episodes back that originally was going to get a pilot on fox fox ended up declining the pilot and will now be having the pilot handled by the cw which is interesting obviously greg berlanti is going to be involved and bringing black lightning into the mix of course adds another hero to mix it up with flash arrow the legends and supergirl so i am looking forward to that last but not least i did want to mention uh you know something that many of you know obviously with logan hitting theaters this friday we all know that hugh jackman this is his final ride as wolverine but it's not only his final ride but also patrick stewart as well who um he confirmed uh, via entertainment weekly that the film would be his final outing as charles xavier uh he also made the announcement during a, a serious xm town hall alongside james mangold and hugh jackman so as many of you know uh, patrick stewart has played professor x since the first x-men movie in in you know which came out back in 2000 uh he played the role in 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 x-men origins wolverine days of future past so we know the deal uh logan is not only the final hurrah for hugh jackman but also for patrick stewart uh for if if what i've heard from people that have seen logan is true then this is a great way to go out but to add to that i do have to say that hugh jackman did say recently that if wolverine was part of the marvel cinematic universe that he would have reconsidered uh you know not uh, not stepping away from the character uh he recently did uh, um you know they did a screening for for logan and he was actually asked by a fan about that and he said and i quote if that was on the table for him to be part of the avengers he said if that was on the table when i made my decision it certainly would have made me pause that's for sure because i always love the idea of him within that dynamic with the hulk obviously with iron man but there's a lot of smarter people with mbas who can't figure that out so you'll never know uh he went on to confirm that he would have stuck around if his you know fellow marvel castmates would have been involved with him he said at the moment honestly i feel if i really did have time if i really did have them there i probably wouldn't have said this is the last film it just feels like this is the right time to leave the character so with that said it's interesting you know you see that and you ask yourself what if and you know spider-man was for the most part resolved with sony we already know this obviously you know sony is benefiting from the spider-man deal and it's been a win-win for sony and for marvel but with fox you know it's a little different because for every for every home run like deadpool they have you know shitty films like fantastic four or X-Men Origins Wolverine, which now that I've watched it so many, you know, a few more times, it really wasn't that great. So that's how it goes. You know, you have X-Men 1 and X-Men 2, which were, you know, well-received. The third one, which really wasn't. Then you did First Class, which was good. Then, you know, the second one, eh. So, you know, they really, they really did uh, an interesting job with it. Days of Future Past, well-received. Apocalypse, not so much. So for, for, so- for Sony, obviously, it was a win-win with Spidey. With Fox, they kind of just feel that they got it. They have it under control. And again, you know, Hugh Jackman said this a while back too, where it's all about, you know, everybody being able to get in a room and make money. And that's the problem. Obviously, as somebody who's been a comic book fan 
pretty much his entire life, we all know about all of these characters interacting in some capacity or another. And it doesn't have to be super big, but just enough, you know, just enough that that we all know that it all takes place in the same plane. I, I mean, I have to commend the CW for doing that with Supergirl. Everybody thought, oh, man, Supergirl is going to be part of the CW. So how are they going to rearrange the show so that's in the same universe as Flash and Arrow? And obviously having Supergirl on a parallel Earth was a great way to resolve that. And that was a great way to resolve that particular hurdle when it was time for all the characters to be on screen together. And, you know, I feel that this is where DC's television division thrives while their film division stumbles. On the Marvel side of things, Marvel does a great job with their film properties. Their TV leaves a bit to be desired. And obviously having their rights spread across so many different places, uh, is a different hurdle, but obviously those are agreements that went into play before uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe was established. But in any case, um, March 3rd may be Wolverine's last ride, but I'm sure it will be a good one. And who knows? Who knows? Maybe, maybe Fox will iron something out and allow Wolverine to mix it up with the Avengers. I mean, don't get me wrong. Seeing Wolverine on screen with like Iron Man and Spider-Man would be dope. But the only thing that I want to see is Wolverine's either fighting briefly or side by side with the Hulk. That's it. Those guys have a rivalry that, you know, is is amazing in the books. And I think it's uh, it's something that would definitely look great on screen. All right. So that is a great way to close out the entertainment segment. Um, Did want to switch gears real quick and hit you guys with a little bit of a tech minute. Um, so let's get to it. All right. So a little bit of tech minute stuff for this week. A lot of people have been asking about how, how we're recording our podcast, how we're editing. And a lot of people have asked via social media and in person, like, Hey, you know, what are you guys using? Blah, 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 blah. So I wanted to give you guys something really quick and, and painless, you know, like I said, tech minute, 60 seconds. Originally, we were recording, editing, and mastering our shows with Audacity, which is a free program available cross-platform, iOS, um, iOS, excuse me, Mac or Windows, and pretty much you can record, edit, and do everything within there. It has a bit of a learning curve, but definitely has been a tremendous, tremendous piece of technology for us. Then we recently started using Reaper, which was another recommendation. That's a fifty nine ninety nine uh, piece of software. A little bit big, a little bit more of a learning curve, but nothing that some YouTube tutorials cannot fix. But I wanted something a little bit more focused, a little bit easier to work on, and I decided to get Hindenburg Journalist. Now the name obviously isn't that great, but the beauty of of a program like Hindenburg Journalist is that it is geared towards podcasting. Uh, interviews, uh, radio, etc. So it has a lot of what a lot of what's called non-destructive editing, meaning that let's say you delete too much of a track, all you have to do is drag the track back out, and you can restore the audio. It also has a ton of other great features. Now this one has a little bit of a higher price at ninety five dollars for the regular version, and I believe two seventy five or three hundred for the for the pro version. Now, the beauty of the pro version is it comes bundled with a call recorder if you do interviews via Skype, 
and it has a couple of other interesting features for me personally i like the uh the auto leveling i also like that it has a built-in compressor it has a noise reduction component that's added in you got to pay a little more but i really like that it's very fast i can edit a one hour show in minutes instead of hours usually a one hour show or two hour show would take me about 90 minutes to edit now i can take a one hour show and edit it maybe in 15 to 20 minutes tops uh between leveling out the audio etc and then typing up the notes so there's definitely some great stuff there so um if you guys are looking to get into podcasting or just want to look for something that's a little bit more more well let me let me rephrase that if you guys want to get into podcasting, uh, you know, I've given you three pieces of software that can provide that for, you know, can help you create that content at the price point of your choosing. Obviously, Audacity being the free version, Reaper being middle of the road, and then, of course, Hindenburg Journalist being more expensive uh, at $95. Obviously, you can use things like Adobe Audition. Uh, you can use uh, GarageBand if you're a, a, an iOS user. So you definitely have options. But again, I was asked what my workflow is, and I went from Audacity to Reaper to Hindenburg Journalist. And the beauty of Hindenburg Journalist is it's cross-platform, uh, available for Mac and PC as well. Uh, even though it has the higher price point, you can use it on both uh, probably going to start using a Mac in the coming weeks for video editing uh, as we start doing more of that content for uh, Facebook Live and YouTube, etc. And um, probably at that point, I'll just download Hindenburg for the Mac and maybe use that alongside uh, GarageBand to get things set up. But maybe I may end up switching it and start using Hindenburg, GarageBand, and maybe Audition just to to leverage all those or maybe i'll just use audacity which has some really good uh truncate silence plugins and a couple of other things that really work for your audio so that's going to be the tech minute for this episode and it's a good way to wrap things up as well so with that said uh, i've given you guys my take on gaming entertainment and even some tech this week as always i'd love to hear yours feel free to reach out via social media at rageworks on twitter um, or at my take radio to reach out directly regarding the show. And of course, you can always find us via all our other social media outlets, uh, Instagram, uh, our Twitter account for Rageworks, Facebook, of course, Snapchat, Google Plus, Pinterest, you know, all the usuals. Links for that will be in the show notes. But as always, the best way to interact with myself and the rest of the Rageworks team is to join our Facebook group which um, obviously covers gaming, entertainment, MMA, wrestling, tech, a little bit of everything for everybody. So definitely take a moment if you are on Facebook and join the Rageworks Facebook group. All right, guys, that's going to bring episode 399 to a close. Thank you guys for hitting that download button and pressing play. We really appreciate it. And I hope to see or hear from you guys for episode 400 on my of my take radio broadcasting live march 1st 11 30 p.m eastern 8 30 p.m pacific and you can watch listen and chat live by heading to mtrlive.com thanks for listening guys peace
My Take Radio is part of the RageWorks Podcast Network, giving you the best rants about gaming, entertainment, and the works. To find out more, visit us at RageWorks.net.